were at brunch and we were at a Georgian restaurant. And so they have a bunch of like Georgian and like French patisserie and pastries and stuff. And we got a Napoleon, which is like Mm. pastry and custard layers just like on top of each other. And my friend ordered and he was like, yeah, we'll get the Neapolitan. (laughs) I genuinely think one funny. I genuinely think that it'd be a good film idea to uh, have like this person in an ice cream turf war like different opposing ice cream shops and they go to resurrect napoleon because they think he has the answer to the best like the ice cream but he, it's actually just real napoleon and he just like starts committing war crimes and he and they just have to stop him and they unite with war. their ice cream isn't that the plot of don't mess with the zohan <laughs> probably <laughs> what if they took it a step further and one ice cream shop just doubled down and was like yes we should kill the other yeah, wait, war crimes, maybe that's the way to go in the ice cream wars. Sounds kind of fire, TBH. Can yeah. they have um like high schooler employees and the owners take it way too far and then there are child soldiers in it? Yeah, I mean, come on, we gotta have child soldiers. If apparently. the tough cut loves two things, one wait, is good wait. dads, the other is child soldiers. Oh, we're wait. been recording for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I got him. I don't know what get you guys on so like candid. This is yeah, your candid. Get, this can, is your real self. Can, candid Mike. Yeah, if any of that makes it in the final cut, you guys will know that 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 is the real them. They 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 yeah. talk like that. I was just like going through my notes for the show and bantering. <laughs> um, well, anyway, uh, hello and welcome back. <laughs> We're the Tough Cut Podcast, and I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. I'm Jakey. Uh, and this is episode Jakey, Jakey. 67, Jakey. part one of our rom-com bracket, baby. Whoa. Oh, yeah. And I know what you're thinking, audience. It's no, it's it's purposeful we're doing rom-coms when we're going to hit our 69th episode. Hey, oh, it's going to be a ooh. special one. Um, oh, but coming yeah. at you in episode 67 here, uh, today we've got Parent Trap, the 1998 version, versus There's Something About Mary. And Pretty Woman versus 10 Things I Hate About You. And if you're interested in knowing what our next episode's matchups are, you should follow us on social media at Tough Cut Pod on good Twitter, plug, good plug. Uh, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd, but the information will be there. Uh, you could email us. I don't know that we'll respond. Um, we got a well, lot of. Wait, we have a Twitter? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool i'm gonna tweet at you guys right now yeah something about the sonic script i think (laughs) (laughs) sponsored ad um and review the show if you like it uh we're just plugging these now because please i'm in danger if you don't that is true that's fair Uh, he he got into a lot of trouble recently (laughs) yeah just rate the show and say this is to save matthew um and if you don't i'll know that none of the audience cares (laughs) um all right what what else oh uh, i guess it's the first episode in a bracket i could do my actual job um yeah this is the 90s rom-com bracket so we picked movies that are classified as romantic comedies that were made in the 90s yeah and that's the bracket you know it's interesting i expected there to be so many 90s rom-coms that i like know and love and I guess, spoiler alert for the second half of the bracket, we picked 90s rom-coms because there's one rom-com that I wanted to talk about in a bracket. uh, And Mm. I was like, oh, it was in the 90s. So we're going to do 90s rom-coms first. And 
I proceeded to then not really know any other rom-coms that were from the <laughs> 90s. Every single other one that I was going to pick, with the exception of The Parent Trap, which Jake picked, um, every yeah. single other one was from either the 2000s or from uh, the 80s. Yeah, I got a lot of early 2000s, 80s yeah. in my head that I thought were 90s for some reason. Maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe we watched them at a weird time. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I, I feel like those, uh, the cuspers, they like, 89s and the 2000, 2001s yeah. are, are yeah. tough. I had a lot of 9-11 ones that I was... Yeah, it, it really colors the, the rom-com differently, you know, post 9-11. <laughs> um, one in particular, but we'll save that. <laughs> I can't wait for Remember Me to be in a bracket. <laughs> uh, what else? We'll do best endings. And then... <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that the one that zooms out and it's 9-11? <laughs> all of a sudden, like it has nothing to do with 9-11 uh, at all. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, spoilers. Oh, and speaking of, We didn't spoiler even give alert. a spoiler warning. Yeah, yeah we, yeah, Shoot. spoiler warning. We, um... Don't we'll worry. be spoiling these movies, and you know they're, they're rom coms. If you if you want to see the will they won't they push and pull, even though most times they will. Boom! Spoilers. Uh, we'll be spoiling these movies, and apparently all nine eleven movies as well. So look out for that, guys. <laughs> all right. Not don't look out for nine eleven, <laughs> but look out for sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, with look out that. for. Spoilers. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jake. Thank you. Nice. Um, do you want to go ahead and introduce Parent Trap? I do. I love this movie, man. Uh, Parent Trap, directed by Nancy Myers, nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, it's an update. It's a remake of a nineteen sixty-one film. I feel like you know this is one of those remakes that um, people think of first when they think of it, but it also could be a generational thing. Just people my age think of the Lindsay Lohan one. But yeah, it's twins. Lindsay Lohan plays Annie and. Hallie, Haley, whatever they say, and they're complete strangers. You know, the they're they got a, their parents got a divorce, and they live on the opposite sides of the Atlantic. But they're twins, and each have custody of one child, and they never brought them up at all. So there's British uh, Annie, British raised Annie, and American Hallie, and one's on a farm, and one's a fashion designer in Britain. So they end up at a camp together. A farm is underselling it. It is a giant okay. Californian <laughs> vineyard worth millions of dollars. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, it's a bunch of rich people's problems, I, I will say. It's a bunch of, bunch of privileged uh, kids yeah, they for are. Sure. But they go to this camp and they figure out, wait, what the fuck? We look the same. And what the fuck? Oh, God. It takes them a little bit too long, honestly, in my opinion, to realize. We both eat Oreos with peanut butter, and most people think that's gross. I love the, the yeah. implication that that's a genetic trait. Yeah, so good. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, anyway, I just have such fond memories with this movie. I rewatch it, like, a lot, and I just, you know, when I think of a rom-com, I think it's a fun one because it this one centers on the kids and them rekindling their parents' love, and I think that's a very interesting uh, subversion of the genre um, that I really, really enjoy because it's uh, it's funny, it's romantic, and uh, those are the two criteria, so. <laughs> yeah. Big win. Like uh, Alex, how do you feel about the parrot trap? <laughs> yeah. There's a single pirate, it counts. Sorry, um, Alex. I, I love the parent trap. Um, I actually have never seen the original parent trap. This is the only version that I've seen, um, but I think it's oh. fantastic. I uh, am really glad you picked it. If you hadn't, I was going to. But I think one of the questions I want to have, and I think this is a good choice to narrow it down, 
is what are our specifications for rom-com? Because when I thought of this movie, I originally thought like, oh yeah, there's a love story, but I don't necessarily think of it as a rom-com because I feel like the story is mostly about the kids. Um, But rewatching it, like thinking about rom-coms, like there's totally a big love story in it. Like I think it fits the criteria, but a question of how much I think is in order. But I I love it. I think it's great. I totally like pitched that with it in mind because I wanted to have like kind of a more unorthodox like one in the bracket that I thought would be really fun. Mm-hmm. I thought it was more interesting to uh, talk about. Yeah, it. definitely. But yeah. What do you think, Matthew? Um, Yeah. So I think that this is a very fun movie. I have a lot of nostalgic childhood memories about it. Something we watched a lot as a kid. However, I guess to, to break the seal on it, I do not really think of this movie as a rom-com. Whoa. Um, I <gasps> think of it much more like it's like a family comedy with a romantic subplot mm-hmm. so i guess it depends how you define rom-com which i'm sure we'll talk about bold bold yeah well i mean when the like parents don't physically sh- outside of the first like minute don't physically you, show up you want to see a sexy till 40 minutes in i'm like huh yeah these really are the side characters <laughs> yeah huh. you wanted a sex scene yeah. a graphic one <laughs> with the butler right the butler yes, that's and the, really uh, what i was hoping dude. for the butler Honestly. and the nanny needed to just yeah. like hit it raw dude yeah they need some stress relief <laughs> that gets into one of my criteria for a good rom-com um which is no a b <laughs> a, a romantic b subplot interesting like, i think i think mm. the best rom-coms have secondary love stories in them well yeah we'll we'll hold on to that we'll, we'll get that in mind um we'll get, we'll get there we'll get there alex you want to go ahead and uh introduce there's something about mary yeah there's something about mary released in 1998 directed by uh peter and bobby Farrelly. ted played by ben stiller um loses out on his dream prom date with mary played by cameron diaz because he gets his balls stuck in a zipper <laughs> goes to the hospital uh is in the hospital for a week and by the time he's gone yeah. she's moved away to miami Years later, he tries to find her. He uh, doesn't know where she is. He hires a private investigator. Um, The private investigator (laughs) falls in love with her. Turns out there's like six people all in love with her, including Brett Favre. um, And they're all lying about each other to try and like win her heart. There's just something about Mary. I actually had never seen this before. Um, I, I legitimately getting away with it. I legitimately (laughs) getting away with it. Had one rom com that nineties rom com that I wanted to talk about. I thought I had more, and I couldn't think of any other ones. And I googled a bunch, and I'd never seen any of them. So I asked my mom, I asked Marina, I asked all these different people, like, "Hey, what are some good ones?" And she was like, "This one's so funny," Um, and I picked it, and it's pretty funny. Um, Heavy on the comedy, uh, okay on the romance. But the yeah. romantic plot is not great. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, sorry, finish, finish. Like, I, I, think a lot it's, of thoughts. I think it's definitely a rom-com, but it's so much heavier on the comedy than on the romance. And I don't think it does all the comedy super well. I think it has some great <laughs> moments. Um, there it is has a, some really good moments. There is something about Mary, yeah. But there is something about the movie. There's something about Mary. Um, Jake, what do yeah. you think? Uh, you know... <sighs> This is one where I I will remember scenes from it very vividly, you know, like the ball zip mm-hmm. scene. Uh, when they the show scene. you the ball zip, what? that yeah, this movie goes hard <laughs> in the like physical. Uh, yeah, I it's really funny when you Google this movie. One of the you know the suggested little drop bars that comes down. 
the main one is like, what is the thing about Mary? Just like, they're just like, they're, it's just like people, and then people are like, yeah, we didn't want to watch this movie, so uh, we just want to get, like, what's the thing? Come on, tell us the thing about Mary. Or they watch the movie, and they're like, I still don't know what the thing is about Mary. I didn't understand. Mary. I wouldn't think of it as my favorite rom-coms, favorite 90s rom-coms even. I don't know, but it is America Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Laughs, America's Funniest Movies of the 20th Century. Where does it rank on that list? Because I have I no idea. Feel like that's a barometer of something. Yeah, I have who, no idea whoever made it. I guess to jump in with with my thoughts here, um, I I super agree with uh, most of what's been said. Mostly your general sentiments on this movie, Alex. There is something too. There's something about Mary, um, or much more a comedy than a romance for sure. But, you know, does still have like the rom-com structure to some degree. Jokes can be very hit or miss. There are some that hit pretty well and I think are very funny, like the um, interrogation of like the the hitchhiker. Um, mm. He's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you know, I've, I've done it before. Uh, you know, the <laughs> police believe he's murdered 25 to 50 hitchhikers in the past. Of course, le- how, the how many times? Jokes who keeps track? <laughs> Santa jokes you the ones involving murder. Um, Just let the record show, audience. I thought the dog stuff was pretty funny. Yeah, the the scene where Ben Stiller wrestles the dog puppet (laughs) is genuinely pretty (laughs) funny. Like, I'm okay with that. Um, And then there is some stuff that is uh, not aged well. And I feel like was probably never that funny, except for the idea that, like, hey, it's funny to make fun of people with disabilities. Yeah, they did. There's that, like, pocket of, of these, like, type of movies where they're just like people who are <laughs> on a spectrum of some kind are hilarious right let's laugh yeah um, which is yeah, uh, not which great is odd. yeah well, because i don't think the movie is like just trying to make fun of them because it also like very much like tries to advocate you know like those programs for them and stuff but i think it like it also puts them at a the, as the butt of too many jokes yeah it like it, eat it its punches down a little too much yeah. yeah it wants to both make fun of it but then also be like look we shouldn't treat these people like i think way. it's a thing where like they didn't have the language like whoever created this to actually advocate and they thought oh by including you in the movie and by saying a couple good things we can make fun of you but that's just not the case that's not yeah they're sure. yeah and they, these are the creators of dumb and dumber too right so like oh yeah it's the that's a brothers i feel it? like that should tell you a lot as well yeah um, that that paints a picture yeah i guess to to open the floor in comparison here the question on everyone's mind we what put Matthew these, wearing today oh <laughs> um, <laughs> oh oh sorry a nice uniqlo sweater Ooh. um <laughs> we put both these movies we plop them on uh in axis you know between romance and comedy or maybe it's like a, you know, a Cartesian plane. You got romance, mm-hmm. you got comedy. Um, where do these movies fall for you? You know, I, I think it sounds like most of us agree that there's something about Mary is more comedy than romance. But for sure, it still falls at least like positive in the romance direction enough to be a rom-com. Yeah, I think if you imagine it like a, I'm looking at like a math grid axis, you've got, you know, on the Y axis is romance x-axis is Mm -hmm. comedy and then you can go positive or negative for either i think it's like almost a zero degrees like a little bit up maybe like a 15 degrees so it's like very much mostly comedy a little bit of 
a little, little bit of romance. Yeah, and the the, the romance, I, maybe, like, there is, like, romance, like, it does check the box, but the romance I just didn't really care for or believe in, so, like, I didn't really... Oh, yeah, no. It's not a the, good romance. Yeah, I just think it has it. It's there. <laughs> yeah, I think the there. thing that's most insane is that about 75% of this movie's runtime, um, our main romantic pairing of um, Cameron Diaz and Ben Stiller's characters, Ted and Mary, are just, like, not together and she like actively isn't thinking at all about ted isn't like engaged in a will they won't they with ted it's ted like most of the most of the will they won't they is with the private investigator in mary Mm -hmm. yeah yeah who just like straight lies to her for (laughs) for because he it's a a strange ass premise and it feels very creepy as soon as like you were just describing it face value i'm like this dude hired a private investigator to find mary i don't know man yeah Yeah. literally the the like fine like the third act low point you know in Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the moment where the the couple you think that's gonna really be together like breaks apart and like drifts away happens in like the last 10 minutes of the movie and then resolves in the last (laughs) 10 minutes of the movie it Mm -hmm. is kind of insane how this movie is paced and not in like a great way (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty bad um, this movie does do a joke that I really enjoy, though, and it's the like classic trope of adults doing a flashback scene to high school, and it's just the adult actors. <laughs> yeah, that's a good like, joke. It's dressed up, looking like they're in yeah. high school. That's always fun. I yeah. love that. But in a way, I mean, very telling because like, dude, this dude hired a private investigator over someone he was obsessed with in high school in prom. Like, I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, if you zipped your dick and balls into your zipper, I think that I have that, like color the rest of your experience. You did the zipper <laughs> go all the way up. That's no, it, it wasn't as graphic as this, <laughs> this scene. But I have zipped my zipped my bloop and my Franken beans. Oh, yeah, that's better. Um, one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what they say in the movie. Um, yeah. On the other side for parent trap, mm-hmm. where, where do you guys feel like that falls? Well, it's tricky because I genuinely think it's like a very fun premise. I mean, it's a tested one because it's a remake. So like they knew they had something there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just think like for me, yeah, maybe the romance isn't in the front seat and it takes more of a backseat. But I think the way they do it is really refreshing for like me or just like, you know, making the kids be like a romantic comedy can be like romance can be like something beyond like love can be like, you know, expelled out. And it's like familial. And really, really cool, like, them building the family aspect of romantic comedy, like, the kind of post. So I, I, I and I, I, I think the jokes hit better in this one. Like, I think it's a funnier movie, in my opinion. Or I, or I at least just have a better time. Like, I just feel better watching Parent Trap. And I feel like... Oh, certainly. Part, yeah. <laughs> like, part of rom-coms for me, just, like, I want to feel good. I just want to, like, feel good, not think too hard. They're, they're very popcorny movies in a lot of cases, you know, yeah. a rom-coms generally not going to like challenge you with complex themes. Um, it's just going to kind of be like, hey, you sit down for 90 minutes and just like have some fun, watch some people fall in love or fall back in love in this case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just have Which a good time. Cool. Yeah, I think what this movie does so well is there are like four or five moments in this movie in the parent trap that I just like start to cry every time it happens. Mm. And they're not sad moments. They're just like, Oh my God, it's happening. Like when they realize that they're sisters 
that's the the first one is when they realize they're sisters. Oh, it's so good. And like that's what that's what is hard for me because I feel like watching it this time I was able to like see the romantic plot and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I see this as a rom com. But normally when I think about this movie, I think about the like twins. I think about it's the more daughters. like coming of about, age for you. I think not even coming of age. Like I think this is a story. Like I think of Lindsay Lohan in this movie. Like I don't mm-hmm. think of the romantic subplot. Mm-hmm. I think of it as like a, a, like a kid's movie, the same kind of way that I think of like cheaper by the dozen where it's like, another great oh, rom-com. It, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except even though like cheaper by the dozen, like Steve Martin's the main character in this Lindsay Lohan are the main characters. Yeah. Lindsay uh, Lohan was good, but Lindsay Lohan was like bad, which is really interesting. Yeah. You know? Honestly, it actually is pretty wild. How well, she does in this in these roles right. and then how well the film edits yeah to like i i make them really, appear really like multiple believable people. and cool like what it's they really did good. for a long time when i was a kid i could not process it in my brain mm-hmm. thought there were two thought there were just clones actually i thought there were multiple yeah there a were bunch of Lindsay low low eyes lowies Lindsay lowies bunch of Lindsay lowies running around so something i do want to talk about with parent trap it's a little bit of a an astray conversation, but I feel like it's important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you guys watch the? They have like a mid credit slideshow. Yeah. Um, the butler proposes to the nanny Hell at yeah. the wedding. wedding. What's up yeah, with that? That is. I was like <laughs> super team butler nanny getting it on, but that moment, that's a big negative. That's like my. Here's the thing. I actually. I read it differently. I read it differently. I read it as a fuck you to the power systems that they were in place. They don't want their fucking rule, like their fucking, oh, employers, their day. Fuck (laughs) you, employers. This is now about them. They turn it on their heads. Their servitude is now, you know, fuck you. Fuck your moment. We're going to run away and be happy. I actually thought it was really powerful. Fuck the system. Yeah, what they they left out of the slideshow is that, that they were working at the wedding. I bet. No, I bet they had to work the wedding. And the dude's like, you know what? Fuck this. It's about me now. Powerful statement. Still think it's a faux pas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's because you see yourself as the rich person having a butler or a nanny. So. He's like, oh, I can't believe my <laughs> butler's stabbing me in the back like this. <laughs> I think, honestly, though, like what this movie does that is so surprising to me is that it doesn't give the butler and the nanny that much screen time. It doesn't really give well, yeah, all the, the mom and dad they shot that much were X-rated. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> they could not do that. Well, but like the vast majority of this movie is for Lindsay Lohan to have fun in these two different roles, right? Right. Like mm-hmm. we see so much more of Lindsay Lohan than the butler and the nanny, than the mom and the dad. But like I still care about those characters so much and I feel like I know them so well in such an interesting way. When they give us those moments of them realizing that the twins have switched places and that, like, they have the other daughter, Mm. those are the moments that make me cry every time. And it's not because of, like, Lindsay Lohan being there. It's because of the way that the mom and the nanny, Jesse, realizing that it's Annie instead of Hallie makes me sob. It, it's so good. But is that a rom-com? I don't know. It's hard. It are their testicles and penises that get zipped up and Brett Favre falling in love with someone, you know, you don't have that. That's true. You don't have that. Um, 
I think in my as I came out the game basically said right I don't see Parent Trap really as a rom-com I think it's a movie about love but I don't think it's a movie about romance you know Mm-hmm. yeah whereas on the other side like <laughs> there's something about mary is technically a rom-com yeah like it's um, it like, it like it's hard it's got it's got it on a technicality it's hard yeah, because yeah, so there's exactly. something about mary feels like probably a bad <laughs> rom-com to all of us like uh, we're just i'm just gonna say it uh and <laughs> where it's parent trap like, is a good funny moment yeah there's funny moments but there's funny moments in other bad movies we've had on the podcast that's true that's true <laughs> and also we're here to you laugh are. man i'll laugh at any movie um that's true too <laughs> like the parent trap feels like a better movie but does it fit the criteria do we feel comfortable moving yeah. it forward that that's like my Your my philosophical conundrum. consistency is going crazy right now yeah yeah which like I guess for all the there's something about Mary fans in the audience, all three. Yeah, four. all you Diaz demons out there and you stiller stizzies. <laughs> you know, it's not like a you stiller stands. St- yeah, that's better. Yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's just that like the vast majority of the actual rom-com, as we said before, mostly takes place with a, a, a man that is like literally mm-hmm. the worst. Mm-hmm. Super skeevy. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is odd. And I then, think I ahead. think I'm just going to come out the gate and say it. It is not the most rom com I count The Parent Trap as a rom-com. I think mm-hmm. for my criteria, I think it fits the bill. It is funny. It's got a very solid love story. It's got a romantic B-plot. I think it does it for me. Yeah, I think it's just not what we're used to, but I think I like what it does especially if you use it in that lens and i love i love movies with genres that can like be blended into other things um now that being said are there romantic comedies that do the romantic comedy genre better absolutely and if it goes up against one of those then it goes up against one of those if it moves forward we'll just have to see yeah Um, no but genuinely i mean like that's how i feel about it is that like i mean i i think the argument is is it a rom-com that bends the formula or is it not a rom-com? I think that's where the distinction is. Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel like it just is one that bends the formula. It plays with the tropes of rom-coms. It has the benefit of coming out in the later nineties, you know? And so it like has that potential to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Look, there's just, look, there's just something about Mary that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't. It's, it's not a rom com. It's that. a wrong. It's a wrong com. Yeah, I can't shake it. And you know, oh my god, it's that crazy old man from the end of There's Something About Mary. Oh my god, he shot the movie. God, oh what no, a wild, please. what a crazy ending. It just yeah. ends on that. What? Yeah. I okay. Two 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 things one it sounds like we're basically all ready to vote and well something about mary just got shot so it's basically bleeding out <laughs> it's like out. Near and that effect. honestly gives it points for me i don't know <laughs> imagine 20 seconds after you know the freeze frame happens at the end of the movie does this this crazy old man immediately shoot ted in the back and kill him and maybe kill mary yeah that's my that's my de- ideal headcanon i think so that that's what happens moments later yeah Mm-hmm. And they shot what that. What an end to those Literally. characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz died. It was tragic. <laughs> That's insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which really means the whole story was all for what? Nothing. They, Something. You know, 
about Mary. Yeah, about Mary. Yeah, man, I'm ready to vote Should if we, you guys. Let's do <laughs> yeah. it. Let's do it. Cool. You want to go first, Jake? Yeah, uh, I'm a vote for the parent trap here. Uh, love you, Ben Stiller. You made a great show in Severance this year, so uh, check that out. But uh, I'm voting you out here. Or trying to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll just follow up, uh, shove the knife deeper. Um, I also have to vote for the parent trap. There's just something about Mary that I can't condone. Uh, seeing as there's something about Mary was shot, shot dead by a crazy old man, I literally can't vote for it. So um, I, I guess by default, I vote for the only thing that remains. Ghost Rider. <laughs> Ghost Rider, baby. <laughs> shit. Ghost I'm... Rider's a hell of a rom-com. Uh, hey, there's some jokes and a romantic subplot. Nicholas Cage takes his shirt off and gets his CGI head is abs. on fire. Got CGI abs. Yeah. So seeing as uh, even if I, uh, it's a tenuous belief about Parent Trap as a rom com, it's the only option left. So voting for that. So it moves on. Nice. Um, moving to the the other side of our our matchup here, Alex, would you like to go ahead and introduce Ten Things I Hate About You? Yeah, Ten Whoa, Things I Hate you About You. Have ten of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Guys, I didn't know we were doing this part of the... I thought we... Oh. Sorry, Jake. Sorry to spring it on you. Um, released in 1999, <laughs> directed by Bill uh, <laughs> <Jill> Junger. <laughs> this is Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew, but it's a high school in the 90s. Kat Stratford is beautiful, smart, and quite abrasive to most of her fellow teens, meaning that she doesn't attract many boys. This is what Google is selling. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right. The house rule of her family is that her younger sister can't date until she has a date. Her younger sister can't go to prom unless she goes to prom, can't go to a party unless she goes to a party. And they do that because she's never going to do it because she's smart and she can do things on her own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I generally don't like the story of Taming of a Shrew. It's like pretty sexist and pretty bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. This movie, I think does a little bit to try and fix that. It like emphasizes a little bit the like story between the sisters. This is another movie I hadn't seen before, but lots of people said it was really good. So I was like, Hey, this'll be great. Um, I cannot believe you. <laughs> this guy, this guy, we gotta start, <laughs> we gotta start vetting out his choices. We gotta <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty funny. Definitely got some romance in there. I think it for sure is a rom-com. Yeah. There are communists in this movie. I actually, when I was trying to pick my movies, I watched the first 10 minutes of this one. And the first song that plays is One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies, which is my anthem. So I had to pick it. One week, take a look at me. Um, Are we going to get DMC'd on Twitch? We're not streaming <laughs> on Twitch. I'm just trying to gauge interest. I'm trying to see like, oh, what, oh yeah, 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 what if yeah, an audience yeah. member was like, what, what they're streaming? And then they tweeted us like, yeah, hey, you weren't streaming, but like, hey, maybe we should. <laughs> this is all, this is all live, and you can catch us uncut on our Twitch channel. Yeah, that would have been that would the be handle of the tough uncut pod. I mean, hey, hey, pay me enough money, idea. I'll do it. Jake, what do you think about this one? You know, I like it. I like it. I mean, nice, nice. It's it's weird. I think I'm so there's like these pocketed people who put Heath Ledger in one camp and Heath Ledger in another camp. And I think it's it's I'm in the other camp where it's weird for me to see Heath Ledger doing this for some reason. You see him as the Joker and only the Joker. I see him as the Brothers Grimm in the Brothers Grimm. Mm. Huh. 
There's a lot to unpack there, but we don't have time for it right now. Yeah. No, that's because it scarred me as a child because I got really scared of a scene there. There's like a scene that like terrifies me. There's a spider horse basically, and it's fucking like that's cool. Spider horse. Yeah, but not in a, not in a fun way. Like it's actually horrifying. Spider horse. Um, and like I, you know, I like Heath Ledger. That's it. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think it's about like it's definitely a rom com. It's got David Krummeltz. <laughs> Oh, God, I love David Crummels. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Tell us more about that, Matthew. I just think he's, uh, he grew up and uh, uh, became uh, pretty talented. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Anyway, past David Crummels' fantastic career in many very good movies some are pretty good but he has very small roles mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 things i hate about you i think i i'm i very much align with jake in a lot of ways here i think i generally like this movie it is a rom-com heath ledger is pretty charming you know i i don't know what the right term to use is but like i i get the 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 i like the plot line of you know the two semi-outcasted folks coming together to reveal truths of who they really are and how they totally didn't go to prison last school year. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I generally like this movie. I think there's some like standout fun scenes and I think Heath Ledger gets to be like fairly charming in what was, a, I don't know if like, qu- like probably his breakout role, one of his earlier ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think actually this was breakout for Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Heath Ledger and the yeah. main yeah, uh, wild. Uh, Julia Stiles. Yeah, Julia we get Stiles, tiny, yeah. tiny Joseph Gordon-Levitt who. Yeah, tiny Robin in the Batman. Remember that? Anyway, <laughs> d- doesn't have like a ton of agency. Well, I no. guess he has some agency. Isn't a great character, um, <laughs> but like is like fun to watch. He's like a cute kid and like really believes that he's in love with this uh, when he's a high school freshman. So like, you I'll know, tell like, you right now, you, I, the Apple box kid and tall girl has more agency than yeah, which, you know, the movie introduces Joseph Gordon Levitt is like, this is totally going to be your main character here. He is front and center. And it's like, no, 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 he's not. Yeah. Uh, with that, uh, <laughs> I guess I can introduce pretty woman. <laughs> you better. That's a threat. Thank you. I I will. Okay, cool. Uh, So we got Pretty Woman released in 1990, directed by Gary Marshall. Any Gary Marshall fans out there in the chat? (laughs) Marshall, Marshall. Yeah. Wait, I just need to interrupt you. So funny. Yeah. I want to bring this up when we talk about this movie more. There are so many similarities between this and The Princess Diaries. Dude, I mean, crossover. Gary Marshall. One trick pony trying to make the same movie for like yeah. 30 years. Like he literally like, I can't remember what the title of it is, but he directed another movie that is Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Like, yep. he, <laughs> yeah, he's got a, he's got quite the filmography. Anyway, pretty woman. Um, we've got 1980 directed by Gary Marshall. We have Marshall, Vivian. Marshall, Marshall, <laughs> uh, Vivian and Edward played by Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. Vivian is a prostitute in Los Angeles, and she is hired by a wealthy businessman to essentially stay with him for the week that he's in L.A. as he completes a business deal um, as she slowly, through her eccentricities, melts his 
icy heart. Um, they fall in love and yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much it. So pretty woman. I don't know if I have like a super strong emotional attachment to this movie in any way, um, mm. but it's just like a 90s rom-com that I think I always sort of enjoy watching or revisiting. I think that Richard Gere and Julia Roberts have a pretty fun dynamic through most of the movie for the most part. Um, and I think that there's some in particular like fun scenes and sequences. Um, the idea of telling a sales associate that you are going to spend a truly disgusting amount of money an obscene amount of money is very fun to me. And then did you pick this because you want to be Richard Gere's character? No, <laughs> They, they uh, describe him as like a high, like, what, what what is it? It's like a high-powered corporate raider. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, like, you would like all those to dis- describe you. I would like <laughs> all to be high-powered. I would like to, I am in a corporate business. And you're a raider. Yeah. Play World of Warcraft Art. every week. <laughs> Just kidding. I, Watch I us on to, our though. Twitch channel. Uh... Feeling it out. Um, I used to, though. With that, Alex, what do you think about this one? I didn't think I'd seen Pretty Woman before, but I have. Um, I must have watched it on TV at some point with my parents. I liked it. It's pretty good. It's got some good funny moments. It's got some good romance. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jake? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think this is like a very... Um, I know a lot of people love this movie. A lot of people, this is like a quintessential like rom-com for them. And this is like right 1990. Like This is like on the cusp of a lot of those 80s films that like we know and love uh pretty pretty hardcore it's very interesting in that like retrospect it's an interesting premise too there was like a lot of this kind of thing going on where like they're like hollywood prostitutes and stuff like i feel like it was just like not not as a big plot point but like you know i think of films like american like psycho or like a big corporate dude at a bunch of like you know prostitutes or like uh fucking what's it called uh risky business uh you know shit like that they really liked that shit mm-hmm. it was just interesting i mean you know the yeah same. and on a base yeah. level you hear like pretty woman or like and you hear like what it's about in the premise and you're and then you find out when it was made and you're like oh there's no way that aged well at all right that has to be that has to be problematic mm-hmm. and i'm sure there might be problematic like ways they talk about like prostitution in this movie um and or there's better language now but um Mm -hmm. i think fair like yeah it does a pretty good job it does a pretty good job at least i think i don't know enough about like sex workers in that capacity where like i'm sure if i knew a sex worker watches movie and they're like oh that was pretty bad and i'll be like oh well shit i think pretty bad the one or like the big critique that comes to my mind here is that Vivian is very much portrayed as like, like a, like in not an unwitting, like she's very intentional about the prostitution mm-hmm. she engages in, but like a very unwilling party in that, like she didn't want to become a prostitute. And they, that they like, there, there is a very stark difference between like Vivian, good prostitute and like drug addicted prostitute that dies on the street that they have yeah. in the opening of the movie. And like, they tr- draw a very intentional line of like Vivian is a good prostitute. Don't worry, audience. She didn't like want to be a prostitute, yeah. which that's is like, so yeah, that's it, it, weird. it feels a little weird how they're trying to be like, Oh, this is a high society thing. And maybe they're trying to get into some under 
ground or whatever, like trying to examine the corporate life of like, oh, they think they're too good for whatever. And it's not all these like people for like sex workers. But I, I don't think it necessarily sells that well. I think it's more like just trying to make it so their main character is likable to many audiences, especially in 1990. Yeah, yeah it's like sure. the, it. I think it does a good job, except it doesn't give enough to other sex workers. You know, like mm-hmm. it is just her that really gets humanized like even it her feels friend like is portrayed yeah. in like their really unhealthy relationship and like wastes yeah. all their money it's like and a party it's like, girl who spends their rent on you know whatever right it feels like they fans. they had a really good premise like i genuinely think this premise like could be like a really good premise especially like in a modern day like setting where they have the language and like actual tools to, like talk about it in a good way but they you know they wanted someone a, a girl to have sex appeal as a love interest but not to be like oh she can't be she can't be saved or you know like that kind of bullshit yeah uh so it's like they didn't they didn't go full as they could have with this premise that would have made it really really cool and that's kind of where like i'm like i do like this movie i think it does like a good job uh in a lot of ways but i i just know that if it was made like today and if it was like a novel idea it probably would have been really really cool i i do think there's something that it is like a very commendable effort for the 1990s for sure for sure um, which, you know, we can, I think, recognize that, but also say, like, we could do a better, like, discussion of that aspect of it today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. With that said, like, as far as, like, the actual rom-com-ness of this movie, yeah. I, I, I think it just, like, does it really well. It does. Um, it I does. think that there's a, a lot of elements, specifically when it comes to the romance, that I think are just, like, one, Julia Roberts and Richard Gere have chemistry, which is great. Well, they do so much to set up the relationship. Like, mm-hmm. her on that first night being, like, one of my rules is I never kiss on the lips. And then they, like, have that moment where they do. And then they, mm-hmm. like, do at the end. Like, that does so much work to establish their relationship and boundaries of it. And, you know, starting it off as so cash incentivized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they just do a lot of work to really establish where the relationship is. And so it gives so much space to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't Julia Robbins get nominated for an Oscar for this? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I actually was reading. So it's interesting. This movie was originally going to be a dark drama. Like it was not Aww. going to be a rom-com. And it got like totally rewritten by a bunch of different people to fit Gary Marshall's vision of it as a rom-com. Honestly, that probably would have been pretty good. I think so, yeah. too. Oh, oh. But maybe that's what makes it so good as a rom-com because it like has such serious undertones. Like it, it is a, a dramedy or a, it was a drama romance that they added comedy to rather than being a comedy that they added romance to. I think that that's one of the things. Yeah. I, I, to that effect, when it comes to this movie, I think it's one of the reasons that the, our leads feel not to say rom-coms don't like have great characterization or can't because there are plenty that do. Um, but I think it's a common trope that a lot of rom-coms fall into that like characters can be somewhat one dimensional. It's like, Hey, here's your personality traits and that's what you're going to be through the movie. I think we get a little bit more complexity from our leads here, which I think is really nice. Right. Um, and it's probably roots from that, that drama angle that was originally here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting thinking about the characters because I compare Pretty Woman to 10 Things I Hate About You. And 10 Things I Hate About You does something that I find so frustrating and annoying in these movies where they just have teenagers use like 
really complicated sentences and they just like throw really like complicated words into their sentences to make them Mm. seem smart and like oh they're like look at this kid this kid's really smart and look at these (sighs) adults who are so dumb but it's like it just sounds so stupid like no one talks like that smart people don't talk like that um Mm, and it just indubitably yeah right like they say stuff like that um it it was one of the first notes i wrote like five lines into my notes for 10 things i hate about you is like they they really pulled the thesaurus out on this one it well feels. Yeah, okay so sure. the first 10 minutes of the movie are really heavy in it and i i told you guys i started with the first 10 minutes and then i stopped i had already picked the movie yeah mm-hmm. when i like came back and watched the rest of the movie i didn't notice it at all so i think they do it mm-hmm. in like the first 10 15 minutes of the movie to establish character and then they kind of stop and they just abandon it that's really which funny. um so I enjoyed the like last half of the movie much more than those first <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes. Another like big thing I think in rom-coms that as a criteria that I, I, I don't think we talked about yet um, for me is, is the big, the big ending, like the big, like omission of love or like the big, like, you know, like, Oh, I declare my love for you. See, and like what gets them back together. I think that's a big key point. And to 10 thing about or 10 things I hate about use credit. Like I love the, but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close, not even a little bit, not even at all. I think that's really great. It's really I think great. that's a great line for the whole like thing. I think it's like a really, really awesome like scene and a really great line um, that I think sticks with me. Like that's something I remember. Like if they did like a reel of like rom-coms or whatever, the fan editor or like even Oscar sometimes do those like multi-edits. Like I, I would include that line in it because I think it's really, really good. Well, and I think that gets to one of my other criteria for what I think makes a good rom-com, and it's how the ending resolves their conflict. In 10 Things I Hate About You, their big fight at the end is that he was paid to go out with her. Mm -hmm. That isn't, like, very glaringly addressed, but what he does is he spends the money that he got from going out with her on buying her guitar. And, like... It's not, like, super obvious that, like, hey, I spent all that money on a guitar. He, like, makes a quick joke about it in, like, passing. Mm -hmm. But, like, it addresses that issue. And it's, like, that isn't what gets them back together. That is just, like, another thing that happens after they, like, admit their love for each other again, you know? Mm -hmm. Versus Pretty Woman doesn't really address or solve the issues that they had in their last fight of, like what are we going to do? Like, how can we like have a life together in these different things? They just kind of like, he fights Jason Alexander and then (laughs) they, and then they like get back together. But like, that's kind of the whole thing. But the, like the, okay. The bridging arc as I see it for Richard's gear character, Richard gears character in a lot of ways is the fact that he is like a fairly a romantic person. Um, his past girlfriends, his past wife have all had this huge problem where they just like never can have enough of his time that he's not like treating them like a romantic partner, which is why they sort of tightlined his piece coming to get Vivian is like a extraordinary specific romantic gesture that she mm. has always wanted, you know, mm. ride up on the white horse and save her from the tower. And that's, you know, literally what he does. Um, yeah, that makes I sense. can see how it doesn't like tell you how they're going to live because they clear, sure. you know, they come from very different worlds, backgrounds, etc. Um, sure. But I think like as far as like the 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 character story resolution, I do think does happen. 
Sure. Hmm. Yeah, and I get that. I just wish we'd gotten some sort of mm-hmm. e- even it's okay if it's to, just yeah. like even if it even if it's just like one of them saying, "So what are that? What are we gonna do?" And the other one saying, "I don't care." And then they make and then out, turn to the know? camera, like take off I think, the shades, and be like, "Fuck yeah!" Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel like for them to not actually resolve the fight that they had at the end mm-hmm. feels lackluster to me. But I, I definitely hear what you're saying about like riding up rescuing her from a tower. Like I think that's very good. I I, I do think there's this piece. With both of these movies, I'm not 100% confident either of these relationships would last. <laughs> no, no. I, that's another thing. Like, I genuinely don't, I don't see it be a happy ever after thing. Especially, be, yeah, no. It, like, 10 things I hate about you, the cat's going to go off to college and, like, do her thing 100%. And, like, they're probably going to break up by the end of the summer. For sure. And <laughs> Pretty Woman, it might be, like, I don't know in 18 months of extraordinary passion but then like this dude you know at the end of the day no matter the fact that he acquired a business that now makes things mm-hmm. is still like a super high powered corporate businessman and likely is not going to give up his work and likely now has to work more <laughs> yeah there's yeah. like a real company to manage not just like mergers and acquisitions yeah um yeah, so not confident in the survival of either of these relationships, <laughs> uh, which is very funny. <laughs> I'll say I think um, I think Pretty Woman does have that good romantic B plot with David Crummeltz and uh, Susan hey, McRae. He's, he's a crumb hole. He's a crumb hole. I knew he had some crumb holes in the audience. Um, Hell yeah! Is there a romantic B plot in? Pretty Woman. I'm trying to think. I don't think there really is. Not really. Um, no. The closest thing is Jason Alexander's character Stucky being like, "Hey, I want to have Yikes. sex with you." I guess you. there are good like friendship relationships of like the manager of the hotel. Yeah, um, sure. like that's a really good one. Um, by the way, plays the exact same character as in Princess Diaries. Um, a lot of the hotel staff were also in Princess Diaries. Marina um, was like pointing that out to me. One of the receptionists played like a very similar role as like a secretary in Dude. Princess Diaries. It's pretty wild. Nepotism, man. It's pretty crazy. Look, at the end of the day. I mean, I would hire a bunch of my friends if I just got if I could just keep making me. I, I would do the Adam Sandler approach. I don't mm-hmm. know if those are Gary Marshall's friends. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Like they they fucking hate Gary Marshall. They have something on him, and he's like, "Oh God, I gotta keep putting him in my movies." Oh God. Um, Larry Miller in Pretty Woman plays the um, guy at the store on Rodeo Drive where they buy all the clothes. Um, versus oh, sure, in sure. Princess Diaries, he plays the hairstylist. Yeah, it's the same thing. How about me? What do I play? Uh, the harp. <laughs> Jake, you gotta stop. You, you this is this ain't his... harp hour. Oh sorry. yeah, I'll get DMC'd again. <laughs> yeah, sorry we had to cut out the harp hour. Um, but you would have caught it live on twitch.tv forward slash podcast if you'd been there for the tough uncut. Um, are we ready to vote? I kind of feel like we're there. A couple I don't know how I much to call out. Oh, okay, go ahead. Um, one, just some things I think were funny or I want to call out from the notes. One, when there is the dead prostitute in the beginning of pretty woman um the tourist couple 
<laughs> that are like, we're from Orlando, <laughs> and yeah. taking a photo of the literal dead body. Um, Classic Orlando. I Classic Orlando. Is, is a very funny moment, but I can't explain why. Um, something about Orlando. Um, <laughs> it usually is. And then also the the 3K per week, which which is what um, Edward pays Vivian, is like 150K a year. And I don't know what that is adjusted for inflation, but that that's 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 not that's not nothing. That's quite a bit of money. I would love that in my life. If I made 3K a week. I mean, I don't think he's going to pay her the entire time they're dating. Well, no, not anymore. Well, that sucks. I, I think that's a, a like, lose-lose situation for her. <laughs> what the fuck? I feel like you're willing to pay more for a short period of time because you know you're not going to continue to pay for it. Yeah, mm. so it's really like, yeah. Like, he's fair. not expecting to, at the end of the week, be like, it's, it's okay, gig, now it's here's 3000 for next week. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Um, and then in 10 Things I Hate About You, you know, you've got the the golf kid, the future MBAs, which is so funny. A uh, boogie, mm-hmm. bogey, bogey, I think. Uh, bogey, I it's think. a bogey. Bogey yeah. because of golf, right? Yeah, bogey. Uh, bogey having... Lowenstein. Oh, my God. Bogey Lowenstein's having his future, his wine and cheese night for for the future NBA club um, that uh, they turn into. They instead throw out flyers that says free beer. There's a very quick joke that I just think is so funny and such just like a cute attention to detail. He goes to the door and he's like, the doorbell rings. Um, Bogey's like, oh, it must be Nigel with the Brie. Opens the door and as like a hundred kids flood in, the very first kid that comes in is holding an entire dish of Brie, which yeah. is a very good detail. <laughs> I, I love that. That's good. It's really um, good. Which is just so good. So good. Yeah. Also, the um, the dad in 10 Things I Hate About You's anti-Satanist rhetoric. I don't know, man. There's a lot to unpack there, but we don't have time. Yeah, we prefer Satan. Yeah, no animal sacrifices. What kind of fucking parties are you going to, dude? What the loser hell? parties? Loser parties. If loser there's not alert. blood on the walls, uh, is it even a party? There's blood always on my walls, and I can never scrub it out. <sighs> I scrub right. it out, and it's gone. And then the next morning, it's back again. What's up with that? <laughs> got a big problem here. Amazing. Let's well, uh, do a cheeky I, vote. I guess we've got a vote here. I, I can, can start. I, Oh, or if you want to yeah, go, go ahead. Go. No, you, you go. go. Yeah, you go. I, I will. I will start. I'm feeling frothy. Um, I am voting for Pretty Woman. Uh, I think it's just such a. It, it's a rom com that I really enjoy. And, yeah. Hey Matthew, you're a pretty woman. Thank you. You're welcome. That was really cute. <laughs> I am voting for Ten Things I Hate About You. I think. Oh, fuck. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait. I okay. had a lot of fun with it. First 10, 15 minutes, pretty bad. Saved by One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. But I think in terms of rom-com, I feel like it kind of ticks more boxes for me than Pretty Woman does. I thought Pretty Woman was really good. I definitely think Pretty Woman's a better movie. But I don't know. Something about 10 Things About You made me feel more rom-com-y with it. It's a, it's a great matchup. I, I don't fault you. Damn. This is actually difficult because... Mm, Jake's like, actually, is it difficult? <laughs> is it difficult? <laughs> no, because like I, I, I'm a sucker. Like again for like the big ending stuff, and I, I really love the ten things I hate about you. Like that line, it's just like really good for me, and it sticks to me. But I think I like Pretty Woman better as a film. Well, <sighs> what is the better rom com? 
I know. I could have picked Dodgeball. Just kidding. It didn't come out in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> and it has an awful romance plot. Um, so bad. I think I am going for Pretty Woman. I will vote for Pretty Woman here. Nice. Because Matthew's a pretty woman. Oh, thank you. Which we have to say a very unfortunate goodbye to 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, Yeah. You guys, as the audience, you guys should should write 10 Things You Hate About Our Podcast. (laughs) In our reviews. (laughs) As long as it's a good review. Five-star review. Terrible text. Just give it a fucking review. I don't care. Yeah, just (laughs) write something. Write something. well, as a as a, a sending off goodbye to ten things I hate about you, uh, one last watch of the uh, the I love you baby uh, as he serenades cat mm-hmm. a wonderful scene and the version of it I've watched like six times on YouTube since watching the movie. Um, the description reads: I love this scene. So where do I get a guy like him? Um, <laughs> that's a tough cut. Uh, the discourse around 10 things I hate about you is so funny. And I wish we could have talked a little bit more about it because reviews of this movie are amazing. Oh, I didn't look at them. They're so funny. Uh, (laughs) just the number of people that are like, man, I hate men, but a 20 year old Heath Ledger just does things to me. (laughs) that's, That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a, a, a heartfelt goodbye to it. Pretty Woman advances, so it'll be Pretty Woman uh, versus Parent Trap in the semifinals. Uh, mm-hmm. But coming at you next week, you've got a great selection of movies that you could catch uh, on social media at Tough Cut Pod. But to to call those out for all the audience members out there, we've got Wedding Singer versus Groundhog Day, and you've got Male versus Duale Dulhane Le Jange, which apologies um uh, that is not a perfect pronunciation but we have our our first um but we're going to bollywood baby i'm so excited for y'all to see this film i'm so excited for y'all it's it's a fun time i wouldn't call myself the resident bollywood expert but as someone who like generally likes bollywood movies i'm so excited that the the first one is from jake here um yeah a lot of fun i love bollywood i just don't know enough it says they have all so much fun energy, so I really look forward to watching that. Um, though it'll be very long, I'm sure. <laughs> it's a three and a half hour time. Amazing, amazing. So catch those next week. Follow us on social media. Leave a review. Write ten things you hate about us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who should they send this episode to? Um, your high school crush that saw you get your balls zipped up. Mm. Or the person that knows what's the thing about Mary. Dude, please. And like, <laughs> if honestly, anyone knows the us. thing about Mary, please hit us up. Yeah, no, and, like, and I want them to, if they know, put it in a bottle, bury it deep, deep in the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right? And don't let them find out. <laughs>